0: Thank you for listening to the Senior Resource Podcast Network. This bonus episode is from Answers for Elders. If you like what you hear, visit the show notes for links to follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Welcome to the Answers for Elders radio show. Meet the trusted experts who will give you straight answers and will help guide you on the path of later life care. Now, here's your host, founder, caregiver, and CEO, Suzanne Newman. And welcome back everyone to Answers for Elders Radio Network. And we are talking with Dr. Paul Winner, who is the Senior Director of the Premier Research Institute and the Director of the Memory Disorder Center. And Dr. Winner, we're talking, thank you for being with us today as we're talking about Alzheimer's disease, how it comes on, what happens, and all of those crazy things that go on in our world um, regarding this illness so thank you for being here. thank you us. i
1: appreciate the invitation to address this incredibly important topic but a key issue is we it's changing quickly we're mm-hmm. learning a lot more about the illness and we are starting to see medications that look very promising but the first step is recognizing that there's a problem
0: mm-hmm. the second
1: step is to find out is that problem alzheimer's mm-hmm. or is it something else yeah so that's a key issue here Yeah. Patients present to us with various symptoms that could be consistent with dementia. Mm -hmm. And again, we have to figure out what that is. First of all, is it truly a dementia problem Mm -hmm. or is it something that is something else medically? It could be as simple as a vitamin deficiency, which is unfortunately not too common, but we do see it once or twice a year or something as simple as medication adjustments. Uh, Again, when we see a very short or a quick change in memory, someone's only had a problem for three or four months and it's significant, that's usually not a dementia of Alzheimer's type because Alzheimer's takes so long to take place, 10, 15, 20, 22 years plus to present itself. It's a very slowly progressive Mm -hmm. disorder. Mm -hmm. So the timing of it, the history of it. But I think if people are concerned, one of the key issues they have to get to a doctor. They have to get to someone who's familiar with this disorder. In the past, a lot of doctors haven't spent a lot of time on this because we didn't have any really good effective treatments called disease-modifying therapies, where we could actually change the course of the illness, at least of the disease we call Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's. But that's changing. There's many types of dementias. We're studying many. We're doing studies in various forms, Parkinsonian dementias. In Alzheimer's dementia, where we have our major studies, but even other aspects, Lewy bodies dementias, vascular dementias, there are things that can be done to to diagnose and also to consider some early treatment. Mm -hmm. Some of the key things that people have to recognize, we call risk factors. You want to, first of all, avoid this as best you can. You don't want this to happen. Even if you're predisposed genetically to develop it, there are some things you can do to help yourself. Now, one of those is really simple. Have your hearing checked. It's so easy to find out if you have a hearing deficit and to correct it today with hearing aids. That goes a long way. The other is correct your vision. If you have visual impairments, you want the best input into your brain so your computer functions properly as best it can. The other is if you've got metabolic syndrome, get it under control. If you have diabetes, control it as best you can. Mm-hmm. Check your blood pressure. Studies have shown that. The Sprint Mind study showed that controlling blood pressure clearly reduced the, deb- the development of dementias. What am I saying about controlling blood pressure? You want your blood pressure at 120 over 70 or less. Now, obviously, if you're symptomatic with a low blood pressure, you can't do that. But most right. patients can. And you want to do that as soon as you possibly can. Everything mm-hmm. I've just told you is so simple and so easy to do. In our country, unfortunately, we are not getting thinner. We seem to always getting a little on the other side. Overweight, obesity is another risk factor. Hard to control. I surely don't have all the answers for that one. And we haven't figured that all out. But you do your best to avoid Mm -hmm. certain foods. So diet is important again. You don't want to wait till you have the symptoms. Mm -hmm. Wait till you have the disease. You want to get in front of it as best you possibly can alcohol consumption there's a lot of question about is it safe what's the right amount basically none <laughs> it's the best <laughs> but if you're going to use it it needs to be small quantities the exact quantities are not clear remember what do we use alcohol for in a clinical practice we use it to clean off our tables to kill viruses and bacteria mm-hmm. it, it is a caustic substance so is it caustic inside us Well, it cleans tables really well. So Mm -hmm. I'll leave that for your own devices. Head trauma. Please don't do things that will ultimately result in you having a head injury, especially after the age of 40. If you're predisposed to develop that toxic amyloid genetically and you hit your head, you're going to accelerate that process. Mm -hmm. Do not go fix the roof if you're 40 or 50. Hire someone to do that. Exactly. I can tell you how many patients I have taken care of that have fallen off ladders when they were fixing gutters or the roof. Get someone to do that for you mm-hmm. if at all possible. Avoid things that, of course, wear a helmet on your bicycle. If you've got problems with balance, use a stationary bike inside a protected area. There's mm-hmm. some things you can do. Don't wait till you get a subdural. I lost mm-hmm. a good friend because unfortunately he had an injury resulted in a subdural mm-hmm. which clearly could have been prevented and he's yeah. not with us anymore it accelerated the dementia aggressively and within a matter of years he was no longer alive
0: yeah. and that especially is a preventable issue yeah and especially i can only imagine because i know that early onset tends to progress quicker um is that true first of all that's what i i've learned anyway <laughs> i don't know if, if I'm not well, speaking it, as an expert here.
1: It can be true for an individual because Alzheimer's dementia is not one entity. There are multiple gene issues. Every patient's a little different. I've seen some patients when I've we've diagnosed them in the early dementia stays, mm-hmm. and they've only lived five or six years. I've had mm-hmm. others that have lived 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. So it is dependent upon the individual and their mm-hmm. genetic uh, genetic factors. One of the simplest things we do, we have tests called APOE, and we can test whether someone has number four, which is not the one you want to have. That's a higher risk factor for developing uh, AIDS, genetic risk factor, or three, which is average, and two, which is protective. So we are essentially maturing. Most of the younger people, in fact, we Mm -hmm. test our own patients here, Mm -hmm. Uh, just about every patient over 65 has been tested. It's important to know that it's a risk factor. We can counsel them. It's very Absolutely. important to know for new new treatment algorithms.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, my mom, she had vas- vascular dementia, um, which was brought on. She was a heavy smoker for many years. She got COPD. She had vascular issues in her, you know, legs and all kinds of things. And so, what happens is, at sh- as she got older, obviously that dementia progressed in her so i'm gonna just throw out there i bet that smoking is part of it And life when you talked about diet i am betting that there's other things that we can do better
1: yeah smoking is definitely low-hanging fruit there you want mm-hmm. to again it's not easy for someone who's been smoking for decades to quit but even if they reduce the smoking that's a positive mm-hmm. and you've talked about issues of diet you know, we have societies around not only our own practices, but there's the, you know, Alzheimer's Association. There are national and local chapters that can help you. There's many organizations out there, American Academy of Neurology. Um, there are many medical and non-medical organizations that can give you some ideas about diet. Mm-hmm. Diet is complex. There are, there's a DASH diet. There's a finger diet. There's the Mediterranean diet. The diet that you can handle, that you can do, is the right one for you. There are some that statistically seem a little better. But some simple things is if you most Americans can kind of do the Mediterranean diet, but you may want to limit some of the saturated fats, like some of the cheeses, maybe switch to some of the vegetarian options. You don't have to completely drop all of cheese, but try to limit it a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, the oils are important. Try to use a good olive oil uh, is, again, an avocado for some of the saturated and unsaturated fat options. There are little things you can do with the Mediterranean diet that can help you to make it even better. More Mm -hmm. like the the more difficult diets are hard. They're almost like you have to go to Mm -hmm. school to really learn how to do them properly. Mm -hmm. It is worth it if you can do that. Right. The Mediterranean diet is pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And that's a simple thing. And again, the societies can help you. I didn't mention exercise, but controlling your blood pressure exercise are the two single best things you can do outside of getting your hearing oh absolutely exercise probably too yeah yeah well that uh, yes
0: yeah with Um, diet so so obviously there you conduct clinical trials and we're going to talk a little bit about this later in the hour but um you know if somebody how do they get tested do they go to their primary doctor what is that process like
1: the best way to do this, and now that we have medications that are clinically functioning, in a way, yeah, I don't want to be too optimistic here, because we're still doing the research, mm-hmm. and this is early data, but it's very positive on our side, and I'll talk about numbers in a few minutes. We need to get the diagnosis correct, which means just getting a simple, essentially, evaluation, a history and physical, that's not enough anymore. Yeah. You need a neurobehavioral test administered by people who are very good at doing this. Mm-hmm. That's a basic assessment. Then you're going to have to get into much more detail medically to actually get the diagnosis right. Because my out essentially Alzheimer's is about 60 to 70% of the dementias. Well, you mentioned vascular dementia, that could be about 20%. They can coexist, or you can have Alzheimer's and vascular. You have to understand that. In fact, the majority of them are mixed. Mm -hmm. We actually see autopsies, but there is a predominant version on top of that. So you need to go to a center who's familiar with that. And everything's changing very quickly. We should have FDA approved medications. We have one right now uh, that is disease modifying, but we should have several very soon available.
0: So in the meantime, Dr. Winter, how do we reach you?
1: Uh, well, the simplest way is to use is call me by phone. It's area code five six one, eight five one nine four hundred. That's eight five one nine four hundred. Or to use a website connection, Premier Research Institute. That's P R E M I E R E Research Institute dot com.
0: Fabulous. And next segment, we're going to talk about how is di- as Alzheimer's disease diagnosed. And how accurate is the testing? We're gonna go into what those look like right after this. We at Answers for Elders, thank you for listening. Did you know that you could discover hundreds of podcasts in our library on senior care? So visit our website and discover our decision guides that will help you also navigate decision-making. Find us at answersforelders.com. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors from fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick me up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.